We are hopefully one day closer to the Miami Hurricanes naming a new wide receivers coach. Are the Canes going to bring Leonard Hankerson home? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts, and we are free on YouTube. So yesterday, Wednesday, Susan Miller-Degnan from the Miami Herald reported that Leonard Hankerson, former Miami Hurricanes wide receiver, has interviewed for the wide receiver coach's job. Now, Hankerson... He's been doing good things out there with the San Francisco 49ers. He's currently the 49ers wide receivers coach. Uh, started in San Francisco prior to that as uh, as a quality control assistant. He does have some college coaching experience, does Hankerson. Coached up wide receivers at UMass and at Stephen F. Austin before heading out to the National Football League. And apparently he's very much part of this job search. Now, the fact that it was just reported yesterday that Hankerson is interviewed I don't believe that means he interviewed for the job within the last couple of days because uh, I think we mentioned it before on this show. We had heard rumblings about him several days ago, maybe over a week ago, interviewing for the wide receivers coach's job. So I would assume, especially since this just got confirmed and leaked out yesterday, that Hankerson is still in the mix. But I don't know if he's been actually offered the job yet to this point I feel like Hankerson would be a very strong candidate for it and Mario Cristobal seems to enjoy targeting Miami alumni for some of these jobs I mean Tim Harris Jr. uh, fits that bill who he just hired at running backs coach uh, a couple of days ago Uh, so one of the things about Hankerson is this is a question that I've asked myself I've asked other people why leave the NFL right when you're Seems to be doing a fine job anyway. He seems to be liked and supported by Debo Samuel and company out there in San Francisco. Why would you think about, you know, leaving your NFL wide receivers coach's job for a lateral move at the college ranks? Now, a couple things. Uh, I don't know how much money he makes in San Francisco. Is Miami, could Miami offer him significantly more than what he makes out there? Let's also not forget that a dollar takes you a little bit farther in South Florida than it takes you in San Francisco. The cost of living there is among the highest, if not the very highest in the entire country. So if there is a financial factor in that, uh, you know, your dollar takes you a little bit farther in Miami than it does in San Francisco and also no state income taxes in Florida. But then the other thing, The sentimental thing for Hankerson, I can't speak for the man, but in the case of Leonard Hankerson, roots and family are over here for him in South Florida, not to mention the fact that he wore this U on his helmet and he's one of the more successful wide receivers uh, of his era at the University of Miami. In fact, Leonard Hankerson holds a couple of records catching passes at Miami single game touchdown reception record at three and single season touchdown reception record at 13. So Leonard Hankerson, who I enjoyed watching him play at the U is, uh, you know, forever. Well, at least at the time being, he's part of the Miami hurricanes record books for his exploits on the field. And yeah, he's got, 
experience. You know, he had high school coaching experience at Palmer Trinity before moving up to the college ranks and moving up to the NFL ranks. He's widely regarded as being a very good teacher at wide receiver. Uh, and he's an alum who cares a little bit extra about this university. I think Leonard Hankerson would be a home run hire. If Mario Cristobal can make him an offer he can't refuse and bring him down to the University of Miami, I would love to see Leonard Hankerson coaching receivers down here. Uh, honestly, though, Hankerson, I'm going to endorse him as the uh, the favored candidate here of Locked on Canes, the same way we endorsed Tim Harris Jr. And he ended up getting the job. So maybe this endorsement, I kid, I kid. I don't think uh, I don't I don't think Mario Cristobal's necessarily taken my suggestions, but uh, we do endorse Leonard Hankerson to be the next wide receivers coach at Miami. Hopefully he gets offered the job and accepts it. I will say, though, that he's not the only solid option out there, right? We've talked about James Coley in the past with his recruiting experience and wide receiver coaching experience. I would not mind whatsoever bringing Coach Coley back to the University of Miami, but there's also someone else who's interviewed for this job. I didn't know a lot about Keith Williams before I started reading up on him the past couple of days because Keith Williams, who's a current passing game specialist with the Baltimore Ravens, he works under T. Martin, uh, on the Baltimore Ravens coaching staff, he interviewed for this job, this wide receivers coaching job, uh, even more recently, I think, than Hankerson did. Keith Williams interviewed for it on Tuesday, if my information is correct on that. I didn't know a lot about Keith Williams before I started reading up on him. Uh, he's been a personal wide receivers coach for some of the top receivers in the NFL, including our own Miami Dolphins, Tyreek Hill. He has been a personal wide receivers coach. Now, you probably can't teach the type of speed that Cheetah has, so I'm not going to credit Mr. Williams for all of Tyreek Hill's success, but he's been a personal receivers coach for Tyreek Hill, and Hill, Hill speaks very highly of Keith Williams. Like, he really likes him, and, you know, if Cheetah says this guy's a good coach, I'm going to take his word for it. And he's also uh, coached Devontae Adams as well. And Keith Williams... He's got a lot of college experience as well, worked three years uh, for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. He worked under Mike Riley when he was the head coach at Nebraska 2015 to 2017. Keith Williams was there. He also spent three seasons at, T at uh, Tulane from 2012 to 2014 with Fresno State from 2009 to 2011. So, you know, Williams, uh, he knows the grind that goes into recruiting because he's done that before. He's been part of college football coaching staffs and He's highly regarded enough as a teacher and as a personal coach that people like Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams have used Keith Williams before. So I see that resume and I see the types of endorsements that that man has. And I say, you know what, if he were to end up being offered and accepting this job, I would not mind that one bit. I go back to the conversation we had yesterday with our boy blue, Larry Bluestein and Bluestein mentioned to me and He's covered high school football and recruiting for decades. And he told me this whole label that fans put on certain coaches as being this guy's a great recruiter. This guy's not a great recruiter. He thinks that label is very overrated and overstated because you know what makes somebody a great recruiter when you can develop talent and when you're coaching a good team, because then people want to be a part of that. So for Keith Williams, I like the fact that he's been a college coach before. So he's got some understanding of how recruiting works. I think that could help him down here. Now he doesn't have the type of South Florida connections and Miami connections that somebody like Leonard Hankerson has. He doesn't have all those high school football connections that Tim Harris jr. Has, but 
Keith Williams, if this guy is as good of a teacher as I think he is, then if he can start developing that wide receiver talent, uh, that's going to help him down the road in recruiting. Not to mention the fact that when Keith Williams, if he gets this job here, he starts going into living rooms and he starts going out to high schools and starts talking to the Jeremiah Smiths and the JoJo traders of the world. When he can show them that resume, hey, I'm coming here. I used to work with the Baltimore Ravens, and I used to be a personal receivers coach for Tyreek Hill. Maybe Tyreek Hill will go with them to some uh, to some high schools and some living room. I used to coach uh, Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. I was their personal receivers coach. You bet your butt that's going to help this guy in recruiting. So I like this possibility. Again, the more that I read up on Keith Williams, the more that I think, hey, if he were to end up getting this job, I think it'd be great. I think Leonard Hankerson would be fantastic. I think James Coley would be great for this. You know, I mentioned Keith Williams. He works under T. Martin in Baltimore. A lot of people wonder if T. Martin is a candidate. Um, I don't have any evidence that he is. That doesn't necessarily mean he's not a candidate because, as we know on this show, Mario Cristobal and the Loafers, they move in silence. So I don't know if T. Martin is a candidate, but his name hasn't leaked to this point. The fact that his son, Caden Martin, plays on the Miami baseball team makes a lot of people wonder, hey, come down here. You can be closer to your son. Maybe his son doesn't want him to be that close. I don't don't know. I don't know how that works for that family. But uh, I don't have any evidence that T. Martin is a candidate. But we do have evidence that Keith Williams is a candidate for the Miami Hurricanes wide receivers job. We had a lot to get to on this episode of Locked on Canes. So uh, Miami recently made an offer to one of the better quarterbacks in the class of 2024. He was committed somewhere else. He is now decommitted from the school he was committed from, and he wants to take a visit down to the University of Miami. Can the Miami Hurricanes bring this quarterback to Coral Gables in the class of 2024? We will talk about that and more right here on a new Locked on Canes. Folks, I hope you're taking advantage of our awesome sports betting partner here on the Locked on Network, FanDuel. We're at the midway point of the NBA season. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and really easy to use. So easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. You know, my Miami Heat are back in action on Friday night against Milwaukee. No Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Heat are slight underdogs. I'm thinking of betting on Miami. I'm thinking of betting on Kevin Love's overs because first game with a new team, I think that the adrenaline is going to be flying for K-Love when he makes his Miami Heat debut. So I'm going to be looking at those numbers very closely. You can check them all at FanDuel.com. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance to win a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So do not miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, So this is pretty cool. I had learned about this a couple days ago because I I think the offer happened a couple days ago. So the Miami Hurricanes have offered four-star quarterback class of 2024 out of Midland, Texas, 
Marcos Davila. Miami recently made him an offer. Now, I didn't allow myself to get overly excited about that offer being made because Davila was committed to TCU, the national runner-ups. Sonny Dykes, he was committed to TCU. Uh, but, you know, he still even mentioned when he got the offer, like, I'm committed to TCU, but, you know, I'd like to take a visit down to Miami. So eh, he piqued my attention a little bit, but he has since decommitted from TCU. Marcos Davila has announced a decommitment from TCU. He's opening up his commitment. Six foot three, 205 pound quarterback, four star player. He's got offers from a lot of different schools. Uh, Arizona, Kansas, West Virginia, Colorado, NC State, Houston. Oh, yeah, Houston. Oh, he's also got offers from Texas A&M, Purdue, and now Miami. Now, he had offers from Houston. Guess who offered him? Shannon Dawson. He's got a relationship, and, you know, Texas kid, Houston coach Shannon Dawson offered him, and he really likes the Shannon Dawson offense. You know, he talked about it. He likes that spread. He thinks he fits well with what Dawson does, has a good relationship with Dawson. I guess not a good enough relationship that he had committed to Houston in the first place. He committed to TCU, but he's backed off of that. And um, and I think this is pretty cool that Marcos Davila, not only does he plan to visit Miami soon, he sounds like such a priority for Dawson and the Hurricanes that he talked a little bit about some of the conversations that he's had. I was reading this uh, on 24-7 Sports uh, last night that Davila, they had told him like, hey, we'd like you to come for a visit soon, but like we don't, junior day may not be the right day because, you know, there's going to be dozens of visitors here. We're not going to be able to spend a lot of like personal time with you. So they have specifically asked Davila, to come visit Miami at a later date where he can get more one-on-one -on -one time with Dawson, uh, more one-on-one -on -one time with Mario Cristobal and, you know, whole offensive staff. Hopefully there's, you know, a wide receivers coach at that time can kind of explain to him what they expect from Miami's wide receivers. So uh, Davila, uh, he's, he's got his share of suitors, as I mentioned, but he definitely has mutual interest with the University of Miami because he's got a good relationship with Shannon Dawson. So uh, I, I like that. Uh, I like hearing about that. You know, he recently decommitted from TCU and his recruitment wide open. And it seems like the Miami Hurricanes are very, very much in the mix there. Uh, something else that's being chattered about these last few days. Gosh, I hope there's legitimate smoke to this. You know, Josh Pate at 24-7 uh, has mentioned a couple times recently on his show Everyone's talking about conference realignment, right? Like the Big 12 wants to add some of the teams from the Pac-12. You know, now that Oklahoma and Texas are leaving the Big 12, they want to try to steal some teams from the Pac-12. So the Pac-12 is going to be decimated. There have been some talks, and I don't love this, but there have been some talks about kind of a faux merger between the Pac-12 and the ACC. So they'll play like a a championship game with the ACC champion versus the Pac-12 champion. I guess that could be kind of fun. Like, can you imagine if, you know, we could ever get Miami versus Oregon in like a Pac-12 versus ACC championship game? But, you know, you're kind of getting like the sloppy seconds of whatever is left with the Pac-12, you know, once uh, USC uh, is, is gone from that conference and UCLA. Uh, but Josh Pate had brought up the possibility of the Big Ten has rumored interest in adding Miami. He's brought this up a couple of times. Like, I think he referred to it as a real rumor. 
whatever that means. It's a real rumor. It's not a fake rumor. It's a real rumor. My phone's ringing off the hook. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's Leonard Hankerson calling me up. But there is a, a quote unquote real rumor about the Big Ten having interest in the University of Miami. Uh, folks, that would be honestly, I think the Big Ten, outside of the fact that the geography would work out better with the SEC. I think it might be better for Miami if they were to join the Big Ten versus the SEC, if the SEC were to ever come calling. Because hear me out on this. Uh, the Big Ten, their academic standards match up better with Miami than the SEC's academic standards do. I, I just think it would make more sense for Miami because you're always thinking about not only is this an institution of student athletes and the best possible competition, football, basketball, baseball, yada, 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 but the academic standpoint I know means a lot for the University of Miami and, and the Big Ten just they have those those higher standards, and I think that would make sense for the U. There's a lot of fun matchups to be had there. I mean, imagine Miami playing the Ohio State and the Michigans of the world on a, on a semi-regular basis. Also, I'm just going to throw this out there. The way that Mario Cristobal likes his football teams to play, I think matchups a little bit better with the Big Ten. Maybe Josh Gaddis should have never left, huh? Too soon, sorry. I love Shannon Dawson. Too soon. Too soon to even bring up that name. Uh, but I would not mind that. And then the financial aspect is big. Like, if Miami had a chance, if they did actually have a legitimate chance to move to the SEC or the Big Ten, I think you would have to jump at that. Now, we've talked about the grant of rights agreement that apparently would cost, like, over $100 million for these any of the ACC schools to, like, be bought out of their ACC agreements. But... Um, you got to look at the way that the ACC and the Big 12 and the Pac-12, the way that they're getting left behind with their TV deals. Let me give you the comparison of the new Big 10 TV deal versus the ACC's TV deal. The Big 10 TV deal pays out each of their member schools between 80 to $100 million annually. Every school in that conference receives 80 to $100 million annually. Whereas in the ACC, their member schools receive $36 million annually, far less than half of that. And that deal, I'm sure it can be renegotiated, you would hope, but that deal runs through the year 2036. And the ACC schools are getting paid just $36 million annually compared to between 80 to $100 million annually. That's why I'd love to get out of the ACC, guys. The TV deal, it's a burden. It's a burden on the shoulders of these ACC schools. Now, ACC basketball, Miami Hurricanes, baby. Miami Hurricanes are now officially in the driver's seat to win the ACC. We'll talk about that when we come back here on Locked on Canes. Oh, thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts, and we are available free on YouTube you know, I had uh, I, I was hosting afternoon radio yesterday. Uh, I was on the Hawk and Crowder show on 560 WQAM in Miami. And I kept uh, mistakenly because I'm not good at math, folks, but I kept mistakenly saying yesterday on the radio that the Hurricanes basketball team controlled their own destiny to win the ACC. That was not true yesterday afternoon. But as of last night, it is true. Virginia who's the team that did control their own destiny to win the ACC. They got destroyed by Boston College last night. So now with Virginia losing, 
the Miami Hurricanes do now. Jim Laranaga's team controls their own destiny. If they win out and they got three games left now, or was it two games left now? They got Florida State and uh, and they've got Pittsburgh. If Miami wins out, they're going to win the ACC. And despite the fact that they're getting disrespected left and right, not considered a top four seed right now, which is insane. If they win the ACC, finally, Joe Lenardi and the bracketologists and the NCAA selection committee are going to have to take notice. And hopefully they give Miami the respect that they deserve, because I would like to see Miami ending up with a two seed at the end of it. I don't think a one seed is possible because, you know, hell would have to freeze over literally for the NCAA selection committee to ever give Miami a one seed. You remember 2013, best regular season in Miami Hurricanes history. They won the ACC regular season championship. They won the uh, the conference tournament, and they still were given a two seed, which was criminal there. They should have been a one seed. So I don't think the NCAA selection committee would ever give Miami a one seed. But, folks, the ACC is now destiny controlled by the Miami Hurricanes to win that conference. So hopefully they can finish that one out, guys. Uh, by the way, a football note, a couple football notes. Miami has their fourth quarter strength and conditioning programming uh, going on now before uh, spring football is going to start in man, what is a week, March 4th, a week and a day away from spring football starting at the University of Miami. March 4th is when the first spring practice will take place. The guy who is considered uh, the quote unquote alpha dog, this was crowned to him by inside the U.com, Matt Lee, the transfer center from UCF, who I've never heard a negative thing ever said about this young man. Hard work, ability on the field, intelligence on the field and off the field. Matt Lee, the transfer center from UCF, he is rocking the strength and conditioning program. Uh, the UCF transfer they write was rated as the number three player at his position by Pro Football Focus last year. And uh, reviews coming out of Coral Gables in the OV on the Oviedo native are extremely positive. Multiple Figures familiar with the workouts have highlighted Matt Lee as a guy who's really impressed during his short time with Miami. One of multiple notable additions to Miami's offense and is expected to play a major role for Alex Mirabal and Mario Cristobal this fall. Right now, Lee is more than living up to the hype as someone who's been described as a beast and an absolute stud in that offseason program. And, you know, I, I was just chatting uh, off air with Brian Smith from allhurricanes.com, who uh, also covers UCF. And he told me, not surprised in the slightest, that Matt Lee has been a beast in the weight room and a guy who really takes practices very seriously. So he, he was not surprised whatsoever to hear about Matt Lee being a beast. We also have some, uh, some, some, uh, some speed numbers for Miami. Uh, this uh, leaked on social media a couple of days ago, the leaderboard for the fastest Hurricanes Measured in miles per hour. Now, there's a couple of notable names on this. Top 20 fastest Miami Hurricanes in miles per hour. There's a couple names that are really cool to see on this list. I'm very disappointed that the fastest wide receiver on the team is eighth on the team and not in the top four or five. Like, there's no wide receivers in the top five. There's a lot of defensive backs who are very fast, which you would expect. Uh, Jaden Harris is apparently the fastest player on the team at 22.13 miles per hour. How about this one? Second fastest player on the team, Jakari Brown. <laughs> and you wonder why I love this dude, Jakari. 
he's obviously he's got to seriously work on his passing his accuracy and his timing throwing the football I hope that Shannon Dawson as his quarterback's coach can help him take the next level but when you're talking about a guy who's got playmaking ability uh running the football and really giving defenses headaches as hopefully a dual threat quarterback in the future Jakari Brown second fastest player on this team at, at his size 22.06 miles per hour I love that uh Bobby Washington, not Robbie, Bobby Washington, the linebacker, is the third fastest at 21.96 miles per hour. Then you got Chris Graves, 21.78 miles per hour. Markeith Williams, 21.61 miles per hour. Devontae Brown, another UCF transfer. I, I hate to say it, but a couple guys who just transferred in from UCF, I think are going to be two of the better players on this team this year. <laughs> Devontae Brown, I think it's going to end up being a starting corner. Matt Lee is going to end up being the starting center. I'm so happy we have these guys now. Uh, Jaleel Skinner, the tight end, who I hope to see lined up out wide, jumbo wide receiver, hopefully. Jaleel Skinner, 21.47 miles per hour. And then the fastest wide receiver on the team is Colby Young, which, listen, I... I'm kind of surprised that it's not uh, Jacoby George, uh, but Colby Young at his at six foot. I think what is he six foot six, six five, six six. That's a big guy to be running twenty one point three one miles per hour. So hopefully Colby Young can put everything together, build that chemistry with Tyler Van Dyke, and just have a great year coming up this year. Uh, Terry Roberts, another transfer, uh, the Iowa transfer cornerback, twenty one point one seven miles per hour, and to Corey Couch rounds out the top 10 at 21.16 miles per hour. Let me give you the rest of the top 20 really quick. Rashard Smith, slot receiver at number 11. Malik Curtis, DB at number 12. Uh, how about this walk-on running back, Mike Perino? He's a Paisan, an Italian from New Jersey. He is uh, top, 20, uh, top 20. He's number 13. Jacoby George is number 14. Uh Henry Parrish, number 15. Isaiah Horton, who I think could have a really big year at wide receiver. He's number 16. Uh, Jefferson Walls is number 17. Chance Williams, good for him. Uh, on the defensive line, number 18. Daryl Porter, the corner, number 19. And Don Chaney, number 20. And, you know, if, if Chaney, uh, if I, I don't know what how his recovery is. Maybe he's not even fully recovered from injury yet. Maybe when he's fully recovered, he'll be even faster than number 20 on that list. So, there you go, man. I love any nuggets we can get from that fourth quarter offseason program. I love it. Guys, we're gonna have uh we're gonna have, I think, a couple of episodes tomorrow. I think we're gonna have more than one episode. Uh, I'm gonna have an interview with uh someone from Pro Football Focus to talk about returning Miami Hurricanes. Uh, you know, I mentioned some of the pro football focus rankings, like Matt Lee was rated the number three center in the country last year by PFF. James Williams. It's considered to be one of the top five returning safeties at number four. Cam Kinchin's, of course, number two returning safeties this year. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to have a little pro football focus segment tomorrow. And we're also going to do some recruiting tomorrow with John Garcia Jr., uh, Locked On Recruiting Analyst. So, guys, thank you so much for making us your first listen today. Make sure for your second listen you check out Locked On College Basketball with Andy Patton and Isaac Shade. They do an awesome job taking you around the college basketball landscape. You can check out their show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, Locked On College Basketball. They're going to have to give the Canes some more love. Miami controlling their own destiny in the ACC. I Hopefully they give us some love on Locked On College Basketball. We will talk to you guys again next time on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.